The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for being with us. And, you know, I was just figuring out the other day with the station manager, Jeff, I believe we've been at this show about 12 years, and I just want to applaud all of you and thank you for for following and sharing and connecting and referring great guests to us and those kind of things. You know, we are committed to the energy of being intentional. It's spirituality, it's motivation, it's psychology, and it's um, urban shamanism is at the end of the day is what we are talking about. It's what we are focusing on. It's about the inward individual rather than a person that makes decisions and bases their life based upon only the externals. And so we bring in guests such as our great guest today. Um, she has a new book out called The Spark, Igniting Your Best Life. Welcome, Stephanie James. I'm so glad you're with us. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with you. Oh, thank you for being here. And um, I love the name of your book. One of my statements that I've used and maybe overused um, because I haven't found anything better to replace it yet is even my own quotes haven't exceeded that, I don't think. It's by um, Howard Thurman. And Howard Thurman says, you know, stop thinking about what the world needs. Think about what makes you come alive because what the world needs is more people that are alive. So I just really thought of you when I was reading about your book and your work and, and seeing you on social. Um, that's what you're urging people, right? To have that spark. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's the inherent part of who we are. You know, it's, it's our essence and allowing that essence to come through and to really ignite. And how did you, um, I know that you've been a psychotherapist for many years, social worker, et cetera. Um, did you start out, you know, when you were a kid, you know, did you go to your parents and say, I feel like I really want to help people and, you know, I love psychology. Has it been an unfoldment? How did you make those steps in your life? You know, I definitely, it, it's been something that I've evolved into, um, I, as, as a young girl, so it's, it's funny, I have a picture of myself I was just looking at, um, at four years old, where I have my hand on my little friend's shoulder, and I'm looking at her very empathetically, like I'm counseling her. And my mom, and I just laugh about that picture, because it was something that was always inherent in me, to be a really good listener, and to really be connected to my friends. I always had tons of little girlfriends over and just loved all my friends. So, that, that part of caring and love was always really natural. I came from a long line of people that were givers. My grandmother never knew a stranger. 
my mom, we could never get her to quit talking to strangers as well. Um, as far as just seeing, and they were always giving. My mother was very involved in Rotary. Um, she had her own business. And so that was a normal part of my life. I think that so um, once I got to college, I actually, my first year was at art school. Um, and it just wasn't a fit for me. And after I came back from L.A., I really um, met with a, a family friend who was in the psychology department at CSU here in Colorado. And I, and I spoke with Larry, and, and he said to me, you know, this is just a natural for you. This is something that you've done your whole life. You listen to other people. You really care. You've got a heart of gold. I know the advisor here. I'm going to connect you. And really, that's, that's the end of the story. Um, it's something that, for me, I've, it's been such a blessing because I've got to do in social work, counseling, and now as a psychotherapist, just a whole, you know, there's, there's a whole um, spectrum that I've got to do working with developmentally disabled, seriously mentally ill, adolescent psych, um, geriatrics, and now as a psychotherapist with adults and couples. So I've just got to see this beautiful gamut of humanity in my work. Yeah, quite a, quite a multifaceted um, a group of people. And that was like intuitively just a, a thought was, uh, did you find over time that it became like a specialty in one particular area it sounds like you landed upon, you know, working with couples and kind of tying all of it, all of it together. Is there in our particular time now in this particular century, are you are you identifying with um, any particular patterns more than than others? When you, when you say patterns, what do, what do you mean? What do you ask? You mean, you know, like, do you see that you're working more in the realm, working with people with addiction, uh, with, mm. um, you know, couples that are losing their children to, to suicide? I mean, I don't, I don't know about you. I, I never thought um, that we would be having so many conversations now about just so many people exiting out of their own choice. Um, those yeah. kind of things. That yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Are you identifying any particular area or you have one that you prefer over the others? And we are talking about humanity, so I'm not talking about it's a theme park, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think where I've, you know, I'm, I'm a, a trauma specialist. And so I work with a lot of people that have gone through very serious you know, incidences in their lives or are really struggling to break through limiting beliefs or PTSD, huge anxiety. Mm. Um, so I, I do, you know, that's, that's one of the populations that I've been very dedicated to working with. But I think, you know, part of what um, I tend to, to gravitate towards a lot and I'm working with a lot are people that are going through life transitions you know, they may have gotten out of graduate school and they can't find a job and they're, they're kind of struggling for identity or it's someone who's just gotten out of a divorce and they realize, I don't even know who I am anymore. Or it might be people that have retired and their job was their identity and that was their life. And so then 
again, they're saying, you know, who am I? I need to find my voice. I need to find what it is that I feel passionate about now. And so before COVID, that, that was really what the focus of my work was on. And I felt really called to. And that's such a needed, such a needed uh, work in, in supporting people with, you know, the transitions. And I, I would say that that is a lot of the work I do, you know, as a spiritual leader, is that I work with so many people mm-hmm. in transition of one type or another. And, um, you know, it, it it's just working with people by itself is absolutely fascinating, you know, and it's, it is such a love when, when you see um, the light come back on or the, the spark, mm-hmm. you know, in reference to your book, everyone that's tuning in, I'm talking with um, Stephanie James today and her book is um, the spark igniting your best life. And you can go to the website, the spark, book.net and um, purchase the book right there uh, from her her website um, what um, what brought the book about you know I, I always knew that I had a book inside of me I think everyone has a book inside of them mm-hmm. and I had I had been writing poetry and and had started several books but I think one of the things that just brought all this together was when I started doing my own radio show and podcast the spark with Stephanie James that was this you know beautiful opportunity to meet so many of the people that had been my own personal heroes you know um, Rick Hansen, Amit Goswami, Bruce Lipton, you know, a lot of these, these people that I had studied for years and all of a sudden I'm getting to engage in these amazing conversations with them. And so it just really just hit me um, that I wanted to, and that's kind of been my mission. You know, my mission has been to really put as much love and healing into the world as possible. And so I've felt like I've been able to do that on an individual or couple basis as I work with people in my office, and I had started doing workshops as well. So that was really a wonderful way to get it out, you know, into the public, the message about how to ignite your best life. And so as I kind of started putting these things together, I thought, how wonderful if I can use this eclectic experience that I've had, you know, and the wisdom from the thought leaders and guests I've had on my show, as well as you know, the research I've personally done and have read um, and I've utilized through my practice, you know, things that really I know work to really help people, whether it's, you know, building resilience or cultivating joy, just different ways of finding their voice, finding their passion, reviving their relationships. And so that became really the motivation for the book. Um, how can I share this in a way so it's even more accessible to more people? And I really agree with you. I, and I, you know, such a strong thing for me is as we do our own healing, then we become the conduits for that light into the world. You know, it's, the more that we do our own work, we're, we're able to help others heal as well. So it's, it's for me, it's personal, it's spiritual, it's... Um, it really felt like it was just really an important time. And this was before COVID, you know, the, the book was written a couple years ago. 
So I just, I feel really blessed that it's out there now and hopefully really serving people in, in a really helpful way. And I'm sure it will come around many times, you know, because what you're, what you're teaching and the ideas you're representing, I mean, they're ageless, you know, my book's been out since 2014, but it keeps recycling, (laughs) you know, it's now somebody is, you know, oh, I'm really interested in this. And, you know, that kind of thing, because the ideas are, are, are about, you know, humanity. And so they, they support that inner core of, of well-being. Um, I love that you have the definition of the spark, anything that activates or stimulates inspiration or catalyst. That's a, that's a, a powerful statement um, to have that spark filled life. I, I like to say that, you know, our parents were the reason we were born but it's up to us to birth ourselves over and over and over again. And it's not a one-time event. And I really, I really love that. And that's how I've been able to take some of the traditional values that um, religiosity offers and transform it into Mm -hmm. a relative, any place, any faith, any walk of life. It is about the necessity of often within each year, um, allowing oneself to be reborn. And that's what you're identifying with so much with people in transition, Um, whether you were in college and now you're not, it's a great big world out there. You know, whether you had a Mm -hmm. job title and and now you don't, or, you know, those ways in which we identify with ourselves. So it's really powerful um, what what you're doing um, and what you're representing. Oh, thank you. You know, I'm resonating so much with what you're saying. You know, I, I had a, I used to have this sign in my kitchen that said, it's never too late to have a happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really do believe that. And that, you know, so, so often we feel like our happiness or our well-being, you know, the, the sense of feeling good about ourselves is outside of us. And really it's an inside job. And that's what's beautiful about it. Just what you're saying, too, is we can continue to reignite the sparks within us. And it's not, uh, you know, like you were saying, you can continue to be reborn to these things. And so an age or an experience doesn't have to define us, that we can find what are those elements that light us up and we can plug in at any time during our lifetime. It's always available to us. And what are, you know, when you think about the the people that you've worked with without, of course, disclosing anything or any particular person, but on the collective, um, what has been some of your greatest joys with seeing that that spark reignite within within a person or a family or a situation? Yeah, thank you. That's such a great question because it has been one of my greatest joys to be witness to my clients' healing. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say, you know, one of one of the most powerful ones, and, I, and I've had it several times um, in, I can think of three different women I've worked with where, you know, they came in and, and all just, you know, beautiful, wonderful women and were feeling very broken um, had had abusive and controlling relationships. And so it really felt like they lost their voice. They lost who they were. And, you know, through the process of working together and doing EMDR, watching them reclaim that, you know, watching that, 
you know, as we're using the analogy, the spark reignite in them. And, you know, people that said, I'll never leave, you know, Fort Collins, which is the town I live in. Um, I, I just feel like I can't do anything else in my career, move out of these abusive relationships and then literally go after their dreams, go after the job that they wanted and get the job in California or uh, one person in particular who I actually had on my show. And so I can share a little bit more details. Um, she was able to um, you know, get the career she wanted and then take five months off and just travel all the way through the su southern part of America on her bicycle, which was a lifelong dream for her. Wow. And so, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that was just fabulous. And I would say one of, one of the beautiful women from that, too, was a woman who's actually one of the stars in my upcoming film um, that hopefully we're going to get released here in the next few months, um, who had been in a 40-year abusive relationship. And literally, the first three months in my office, we'd meet twice a week, and she would just cry through the entire session. She could hardly hold her head up. And to watch her transformation as she started breaking through her negative belief systems and just reclaim her soul, truly. Um, one of the powerful things and one of the reasons she's in the movie is she went from, you know, really being devastated, very, very meek, had every health issue, you know, in the world. And as she started doing these breakthroughs, she actually began listening um, to my show during the time she wasn't in therapy. And sometimes she'd listen to the same episode over and over. And she took the things that the thought leaders suggested. It would be just like listening to your show, Temple. And she would say, okay, these are the things I got out of that show. These are the things that, you know, the host suggested or the guest suggested. And she would do those things that week over and over again. And the breakthrough in her was so phenomenal that a year later, you, you wouldn't have recognized her. She was healthy, no health issues, in a beautiful relationship. And the beautiful thing is then she started giving back. So before COVID hit, she started uh, doing some public speaking and had started a blog, um, Kaleidoscope Strong, which is to help other women find their voice and leave abusive relationships. So when I, you know, when we're able to see it ignited like that um, and then how it continues, I mean, that is one of the most beautiful gifts in my life. Oh, absolutely. They, they never return either. They're just um, someone like her just continues to store. And, and that's what I love about the human story. I mean, at one point, I felt in the early days of my life, the most significant thing I could do was to replace my human story. <laughs> but mm -hmm. now, and I've lived long enough, that the joy is the necessity of owning the story, making peace with the story, and sharing it with others. And that's yeah. um, that's what it's all about, is that that fire and and there is a, a statement that someone said that we're healed by as many people we divide it by as many people as we share our story with 
Uh, we divide the grief, we divide the pain, we divide the sorrow, whatever, um, with that. And um, but to me, there's some truth to that. Uh, and then obviously the evolution is, is that, you know, how you held your story 10 years ago is not how you hold it today. I mean, things that I used to explain in a very serious fashion, you know, now I, I laugh so hard, um, <laughs> you know, just about some of it um, and and find it um, the joy so much deep joy in it. So it's, it is, uh, it must be so fulfilling for you to see, um, those aha moments that are lasting for people. And, and you're talking about, um, really you're talking about getting in touch with someone's real soul path, um, Mm -hmm. and their soul work is, is what it sounds like to me, uh, rather than, you know, there's the career or, you know, my dad owned a, you know, and uh, uh, was a veterinarian, and so I'm going to be one. You know, but more mm-hmm. of a the path of one soul, of of getting yeah. into where why you really came here. That's what I kind of mm-hmm. read into the various things I've read about you. That's really what it's all about, isn't it? You know, it is. I and I. I love, um, you know, that, that you are able to see that because I think that that is just it. It's, you know, getting in touch with our purpose and our passion, I think, is one of the most essential things we can do. And oftentimes it does. It goes beyond career. It goes beyond roles. It goes beyond relationships. Um, you know, it's that divine spark within us that gets ignited. And I think really being in touch with that and developing that is one of the most important things that, that we can do and really figure out what are we here for? How can we contribute? Um, absolutely. I, I just feel like that has been one of the most beautiful gifts as well in working with so many different people and so many different populations is seeing people turn that light on and then watching that, you know, pay it forward, if you will, um, experience start to happen as they step into whatever their purpose is, their true purpose for being here. And that, what an exciting journey. That, that's the depth. That's the goodies. That's the richness. Mm, absolutely. Now, um, in the book, do you, do you give, I mean, is there a, a process? I haven't had the, the pleasure to read it, but is it, do you give steps? Do you walk people through certain things to help them identify a deeper part of themselves? Or, I mean, we have a whole other portion of the show, but I'm just curious as to um, how you, uh, how you present the, the inward part of the book. Yeah. You know, I, I think the, the book tends to, each chapter tends to build on the next one. And at the end of each chapter, there's five takeaways that, you know, people can keep coming back to, to do that, that deeper work. Um, And I think that getting to that place in us isn't just, some people think, oh, it's just about being happy, or it's just about being in bliss. But as as you know, Temple, it's, it's about, you know, embracing the entire journey and really befriending parts of ourselves that help us be that open conduit to have that deeper relationship with, with our divine self and to really access and discover our purpose. 
So there are, there's chapters that talk about truly the art of befriending ourselves. How do we befriend ourselves? How do we cultivate that relationship? It's not just the old saying, no, just love yourself. Um, it's how do you do that? How do you start showing up for yourself? And a lot of times what I, what I talk about are doing these simple things that are literally like bookends to your day where you start in the morning and you show up for yourself by saying, okay, the first half hour of the day, I'm going to meditate, I'm going to journal, and then I'm going to, the next half hour, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to do these things so that I'm really cultivating a relationship with me where I can rely on myself to show up and take care of me. And so that I'm as clear of a conduit as possible that day for well-being and for helping, you know, take care of other people. And at the end of the night, it's kind of the same thing, doing some reflective journaling. Of course, there's gratitude involved and being in touch with the divine and then really focusing on what were the best parts of my day. Um, and I, I'll, I talk about this more in the book, and we can talk about this more later. But the essence of this is truly about how do I make myself a priority in my own life, which isn't selfish. It actually is like a wonderful gift we give others because then we have these resources and we have, we have a well in which we can draw from and there's a reserve in there to give more fully and be more present with other people. So I, I, there's chapters on that. There's chapters on uh, growing through grief learning how to cultivate this joy and throughout i think the book it really does talk about the importance of us taking that time and just stopping life so that we can get in touch with the divine we can get in touch with that inner spark however people define that um through mindfulness through meditation through walks in nature through these important steps so that we're able to really cultivate that passion and purpose, those sparks within us. I love that you use the idea of planting and cultivating a thriving garden um, because there's so much more to it than just tossing the seeds out and wishing it well. <laughs> you know, our yes. life is worth so much more than that to, to look at the things that support uh, where we want to be and the things that do not. I'm talking with uh, Stephanie James, and we'll be right back after this short break. Thank you for staying with us. Appreciate you. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes.
And welcome back, everyone. And my, I know you're glad and happy that you're here and tuning in today. And 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 what a day to be talking with Stephanie James and talking about her book, The Spark. And wow, talk about just divine timing. Um, period. Of um, to let people know that there is this kind of energy and support and awareness. Um, where you can, first of all, it's the belief and knowing that you are supposed to live a life that the majority of the time that your light is beaming. It's the kind of thing that would keep you up at night. I like to say being immersed in love, you know, is kind of like when you were a teenager and you didn't think about the time and you could stay on the phone for hours. It's what makes that kind of spark happen for you. So uh, Stephanie uh, represents that and is a is a professional in that field. And you were talking earlier, um, Stephanie, about a film, and I kind of got a piece of that. I want to know more. Our, our audience wants to know more about um, what you're up to. Yeah, thank you. So um, the film is called When Sparks Ignite. And a year ago, um, well, I have to actually rewind a little bit further than that. Um, about 18 months ago, um, I, after a meditation, had gotten this download that I knew the most, some of the most serving hearts and incredible minds on the planet because of my show. They'd been guests on my show. And I thought, wouldn't it be amazing to get these guests together to not just do a summit, but to have them come together and have their own experience ahead of time. So, um, and then to film this. And I, I spoke about Debbie earlier, and I can use her name. As I said, she's in the film. Um, Debbie, my client, was also, my ex-client, was also a part of this whole inspiration to show how the challenges and difficulties we face can become the match point that ignites something within us that then can become the gift that we give to the world. And so we had this amazing experience um, that was filmed with an award-winning film crew where we, I got to interview people like Larry Dossie, Jacob Lieberman, Steve Behrman, George and Sedina Capanelli, Gabriella and Solomon Masala, Trudy Behrman as well, Barbara Dossie, and uh, Stephanie Schwartz. And so we did individual interviews, but one of the powerful things we did is we had one of the days we spent in a circle around a table, we called ourselves the, the lights of the round table, and talked about the deeper questions and some of the really essential pieces in life. And so then it was so wonderful. We, we meditated together, we sang together, we played music together, we, we had meals with one another, and all of that alchemy that took place over those two days was then shared with the live audience. So you're really able to, to see how those sparks were ignited within the presenters. And then one of the beautiful things was, unlike other events where they come and they present for 45 minutes and then they leave, they'd had this beautiful experience together ahead of time. And so all of the presenters stayed in the room and supported each other. We were, you know, a part of the audience and supporting each other on stage. And it was just an amazing one-of-a-kind event. 
And so the purpose being, you know, we, we didn't know then where the world was going to be today, but it is such a beautiful film in helping, I'm, I'm hoping to bring that message that we, we, each one of us, we are so worth it. We are so worth, even when we're going through these difficult times, doing the work so that then we can do our own healing and become that ignited spark that can ignite someone else. And that together we can really help illuminate this for, for everyone. I love that. And everyone tuning in, you can go to stephaniejames.world and you can look at the, um, the documentary, the, the, what she's talking about, When Sparks Ignite, um, and stay in touch with that. And when does the film come out? Well, we're, we're just, right now, we just got done with fine edits. So we're really getting ready to go into the process of negotiation. And so we're, we're hoping that we'll be available on Netflix or Amazon Prime. Um, and I can keep, I will keep the audience posted on my website as that comes to fruition. We literally are just having the sound engineering completed this week. Oh, how exciting. That is so um, wonderful. As you were talking, it reminded me of a cute story I've told a few times. Um, an elderly woman, uh, her husband dies. And when uh, when she buries him on his tombstone, um, she has put on there, um, the light of my life has gone out. And so then mm. a couple of years go by, and she met uh, a wonderful man and was just really smitten. And so she had them go back and write on top of there, I struck a new match. <laughs> Oh, I love that. <laughs> I just so think sweet. that is, is so cute, <laughs> you know, and so in alignment with um, with what you're talking about, of that that igniting power. And I love that, you know, you, uh, you've said it more than one time. It's, it's never too late. Uh, you could decide today. And I, I think that's part of it, Stephanie, is that sometimes people are so in something, you know, it's so hovering over them that mm -hmm. they don't understand that a simple decision, just a simple, clear decision can begin to change everything. Yeah. And I think that that's really an important thing to emphasize because oftentimes it, it feels like the work to get there is insurmountable. And we have to remember that it really is just that single step. You know, when, when we think of a static system where things aren't moving, I always think of like a stagnant pond. And so nothing's growing, nothing's flowing, and it only takes one little bit of water. You know, as, as we start to get this little flow of a river that breaks through, that changes the whole entire alchemy of the pond. And so it, it brings life to the pond. So I, I, I think of that analogy when I think of this because it's not that we have to do this huge change in our life. It starts literally with that single step and willingness to say there is a different way. I'm open to experiencing this in a different way. And maybe the way I'm going to start doing that is literally I'm going to start by in the morning taking 10 deep diaphragmic breaths and writing down three things that I'm grateful for. 
I mean, it doesn't have to be something huge, but you know, one of the things that we know from quantum physics is what we focus on, or just from physics, is what we focus on expands. And so if we're focusing on how bad we feel, how scared we are, how things feel out of control, we're going to continue to see that through our life lens. And so I think there's an importance in we actually have more power than we realize to adjust that lens and to clean it off. And it starts by doing, by doing just some of those simple processes, like the breathing, like gratitude, like 10 minutes of guided meditation if you're not ready to go into silence yet. And those become the things that can really help break us open or kind of, you know, open up the tributary so that we have the fresh, clean water flowing through again and we feel some of that life energy reignite. You must get such uh, joy from your from your podcast. How how long have you been doing it? So February will be three years that it's been going. And I do, I have to share with you, um, one of my first big guests, big name guests, was someone I just had loved forever. It was Rick Hansen. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember the day that I got the interview. I literally, I was just like a little girl. I was jumping up and down. I had tears <laughs> streaming down, you know. And I even told him on that episode, I said, I feel like a 19-year-old girl who got to meet her favorite rock star. You know, I had, I had studied Rick's work and, you know, Buddha's Brain, one of his books, um, was just something I had utilized so often in my own practice. Um, and then his new book, Resilience, where they were just really powerful. And, you know, to bring to point even what I was just talking about, one of the stories he shared, which I thought was so powerful in that episode, is about he himself feeling like his childhood had been a C minus, that he had these parents that hadn't been extremely loving. There wasn't an, an abundance of empathy to go around. And when they fought a lot, he would find himself out in the peach orchards just trying to get some peace. Um, And so as a very intelligent young man, he had skipped ahead a grade and had an early birthday. So he found himself in college at 16 years old, feeling very awkward, out of place. And he said he had what he considered an ocean of sadness inside of him that he took with him, that he began to scoop out just one tablespoon at a time. And how he began to do that actually intuitively without even knowing is when he would be greeted by someone and they were just friendly, just someone who would say, hi, how are you? He would marinate on that good feeling for a moment. And by doing that, again, it's like what we focus on expands. And our mind is so used to having this negativity bias. I mean, it does. It thrives in the negativity bias. So it's always looking for something that's a threat. So things that are painful or things that are fearful, that's like Velcro in the brain and our brain really holds on to it. It sticks. And then positive experiences are more like we could think of like a Teflon pan. They just slide right off. So to get it to stick, one of the helpful things is just marinating on the good things that are happening to you as they happen or right after they happen during the day. And what was just phenomenal in his story is, Little by little, things indeed started changing for him, and he started noticing people coming up to him more, and pretty soon someone said, hey, do you want to 
throw the football, you know, in between classes. Hey, do you want to go for a cup of coffee? And so it's, it goes back to that old principle of believing is seeing instead of seeing is believing. The more that he noticed these things and started believing like, wow, people are connecting to me. You know, people do like me. He started having that experience. So I just, I, I feel like it's, it's one of those important things that, you know, that we had talked about is that we can start cracking open those old habits or old beliefs or ways that we're feeling that we're trapped in our circumstances and really make change. So, yeah, I have been so inspired by so many guests. It, it has literally mm-hmm. been, been life-changing. I, I just love that. And it, it's um, very pertinent to kind of a space that, that I myself have been in of that, you know, it's about really looking for and being on search for what's right with you, you know, versus what's wrong with you. And I was talking with mm-hmm. someone yesterday that's um, been uh, addicted to pot and, you know, since a teenager, so 15, 20 years of having that. And I was using my conversation about sobriety, you know, of now 33 years about that when you're used to something being wrong, you tend to, you look for that. You know, if somebody calls you like, oh, I've been trying to get in touch with you instead of saying, well, that's so exciting. What's going on? We go, what happened? You know, (laughs) what's the matter? Mm -hmm, We mm -hmm. say, you know, Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's so I love the spot on of, you know, what you're talking about. And it's like as more and more people can realize and own that the world isn't broken and we're not broken. Uh, what pleasure and what richness and what joy there is in that because we're somewhat programmed to be broken, you know, um, because then we buy certain products, we need certain things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we, we have degrees we never use, you know, we order a kit that we never open out of the box, you know, those kind of things. So it's, it's exciting to ignite the light of someone being more self-actualizing and, um, and reflective as you're saying, and exploring of, uh, mm-hmm. more of, uh, it, it's more of uh, everyday mysticism, isn't it? Like what's around the corner? I don't know. And yet I, I welcome it. <laughs> Yes, you know, and and honestly, that's one of the things I find myself in conversation with my clients on a daily basis is how can we show up and and truly look at just this 24 hours and make it, you know, infuse it with whatever needs to happen to make it the best day possible. So, you know, a lot of times I'll talk about like the three C's, the three C questions or the three things you can ask yourself to begin with C is, Number one, how can I care for myself today? And that, you know, is exercising and, you know, taking a shower, even if you're not leaving your home, um, you know, doing the things that help you to feel good about yourself, eating nutritious foods. And the second C question is, how can I connect with others? Because we know how essential that is for our well-being and our mental health. And then the third C is how can I be creative today? So in creativity can take so many different forms, but it's tapping into the flow of that day. It doesn't have to be that you're painting a picture or writing a book. It can also be, 
you're making a Spotify list for, you know, your 10 favorite songs that make you feel energized or that make you feel a sense of love or that really touch your heart. Um, so it's, it's plugging in to those 24 days and realizing that this need that we have, that this kind of inherent need to control things, control is really an illusion. And we can really make friends with the unknown. You know, we, we really don't know what's even going to happen, Temple, you know, after our phone call today, after our, after our interview. But we love, our brain loves predictability, and we love routine. And that's wonderful. And we can really create something special if we say, okay, I might not be able to control everything in my world, but what can I do with this 24 hours? And all of a sudden, we start befriending that sense of, the unknown, and there's a sense of curiosity and wonder that can open up. So it can really be an exciting journey to be in this day. And to me, that's, that's some of the gift of being in that present moment awareness that really helps open us up and ignite things within us. Yeah, and I, I loved, you know, what you were identifying with, you know, creativity doesn't mean necessarily you're going to go take an art class or do a painting. It could be you go a different way to the office, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you decide mm-hmm. to eat a half hour different than when you do now, or you decide to take on broccoli when you haven't eaten it since you were a kid, or, you know, it can be so many things that just spice it up a little. And um, and add such joy of that 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 we did it. I I know when I taught stress management for years, and I still you know teach it to myself as reminders. But I, I would say that we we put great length into making to do list, and yet rarely mm. do we put our name there. It really ought to be on top, you know. Yes, yeah. That's what you're asking us to do is to become well, aware yeah. of how we're how we're building our lives daily in those spaces, those dosage of uh, that, that dosage of ourselves, our, our con- yeah. containment of possibilities of what that can be. Yes. You know, and I, and I feel like I, I have to mention the one element um, that I think is essential in all of this, no matter how old you are, the, you know, essential piece of playing and allowing our inner child to come out and to play, you know, and, and when you were talking about, you know, just changing one thing up and maybe just eating broccoli or doing something like that, I thought it made me think of, you know, one of the easy things we can do is put on your favorite song and you can dance in the kitchen. You know, you can dance in your living room. You can go outside. And I have a trampoline in my backyard that I jump on with my grandsons when the weather's nice. And I can still do a front flip for my 53rd birthday. I did a front flip. (laughs) Um, You know, there there are things that, um, you know, my my partner and I, he and I, we just, you know, we laugh all of the time. We we just play together and really just, it, it brings such a spark and such an element to our lives. And it, 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 I used to have what I thought would be the first title of my first book uh, would be called the lollipop effect. And my theory <laughs> on this was that when we're little, we love lollipops and we, we don't care who sees us with a big old lollipop in our mouth. We love it. It's fun. It tastes great. We don't care. And then we get to be like junior high, high school, maybe even college. And we're like, I'm too cool for lollipops. 
I'm, I can't have anyone see me with a lollipop. <laughs> and then finally we get to this age where we're like, I can have a lollipop if I want. And, you know, that is my hope for people is that, you know, it can change things in an instant when we allow ourselves to open up and just have that playful energy. I mean, I am so thankful for my grandsons. They have just, you know, they are eight and seven years old and to, you know, they'll come over and we'll run around and my, my house literally goes in a full circle on the inside. And so <laughs> we'll, we'll just play tag and run <laughs> all the way around the house in a circle, just laughing so hard we can hardly contain it. And it's those moments of joy that really are the fuel that just carry us through, you know, some of these difficult and, and you know, challenging times. And it might seem like the, the most counterintuitive thing, like things are tough. I don't want to play. And yet that is one of the, the greatest gifts, too, that, that we can give ourselves and the people around us. I mean, you might do it a different way. You might play board games or you might, you know, play chess or cribbage or, you know, it's even getting out there and playing a sport. But it's the act of engaging in something where we can be in flow, just like that creativity of being an artist. It's being in that flow that really is the spark or the essence, I think, of who we are. And to really honor that and give, give time and attention to that piece. I feel like it's, it's essential fuel for us right now. Mm, I agree with you. And I, I think that um, I was saying that in an interview uh, the other day that I think one of the best gifts I've given myself is to have just this incredible, unstoppable sense of humor. And it doesn't mean that everybody else thinks it's funny, but I can just you know, <laughs> yeah. start entertaining a thought or a space or a moment within myself. And it's just so funny, you know, it's just like really, you know, and build upon it. And um, it's been very helpful in, in my life to continue on because the tendency, like you have kind of been weaving into our whole conversation, the tendency is to go serious, you know, mm -hmm. the tendency mm -hmm. is to, to be in, in that, in that space and, and not like laugh at yourself. Laughing at yourself is such an accomplishment. It's like it ought to be an earned degree. You know, I can now comfortably <laughs> laugh at myself. <laughs> Well, I think that's so wonderful. And it really, it, it reminds me of something you said earlier in the show, like when we share our stories, when we can finally start sharing some of our stories that maybe we thought were shameful or dark, it's like we can start to even see the levity in some of those stories. And I think really being able to laugh at ourselves, being able to share some of these stories, I mean, it really helps us not only to befriend ourselves, but to heal that within ourselves. And then we're gifting other people by giving them permission to be more authentic and fully themselves. You know, we're inviting other people mm -hmm. into that play. And what, a, what an essential piece in our journeying together. Mm -hmm. I, I learned that uh, years ago when, and you know, when I was first becoming um, a, a public speaker and it's been, you know, 30 years now, but 
in the beginning, I was so like wanting to do it right, you know, to be a do it writer mm-hmm. and, and to not make a mistake and not trip on a, you know, five syllable word or, you know, uh, to watch my Southern twang or, you know, whatever it, mm-hmm. it might've been. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I realized through the process that the best moments were, when the microphone wouldn't work, the best moments would be when there was an interruption mm-hmm. or a loud noise or because it's exactly what you said. It's more than what we're saying to people or what we're talking with people in the subject matter. It's about the display of being comfortable with who you are. That's what people you know, love to say uh, to, to witness is to, to be able to say, well, um, I can't believe that didn't, you know, upset you, you know, that was your third microphone and it still wouldn't work and you made it funny, you know, and because that's life, isn't it? That that's the way life yeah. is. Yeah. You know, and, and I've definitely been through a lot of pain and challenges um, in my life and had many, many embarrassing moments, um, you know, and I think we're all still on that growth path together um, as we share these things, I really do feel it's one of the ways that we lift up one another and can help each other heal. You know, none of us get out of this life, this life unscathed. Um, mm-hmm. We all have challenges. We all have, you know, pains and really difficult, difficult times. And I, I think when we can get over thinking there's some perfection or some arrival point, then what, what a blessing, you know, we give to ourselves and one another that we can keep fumbling through this. Elizabeth Lesser says, you know, uh, we're all bozos on the bus. And when we can just get that, that we're all just bumbling through life the best that we can, we can really hold hands with one another and say, you know what, me too. I've experienced that too. And I'm here with you and I can really see you and we can show up more authentically who we are. I love that. Well, I give thanks that you are your authentic self, Stephanie James. And all of you go to Stephanie James World. So stephaniejames.world and find out and follow her on all these journeys she's on. And thank you again for the pleasure of having you on the show today. Bless you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.